God Conversations with Tanya Harris. So let me ask you that question. What does God sound? <laughs> well, you know, thunder, lightning. <laughs> Mother Teresa, someone asked her, when does God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. So essentially the Bible is a collection of God Conversations, if you like. I had a vision of a car accident and I'm sitting on the couch thinking, why have I just seen this? How could I know if God was speaking to me? How could I know that that Jesus said we'd recognize his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. God is speaking to Muslims all over the Middle East, and he's doing it through dreams of Jesus. You may have heard of some of the stories. In a vision, Jesus appears dressed in a robe of blazing white. The dreamer is filled with a deep sense of love and is drawn to follow him. Missiologists tell us that between one and two and one and three Muslims have become Christians because of a dream. The Spirit is at work, drawing people to himself, and it's all happening while people are sleeping. Hi, and welcome to the God Conversations podcast. My name is Tanya Harris, and I'm a pastor, speaker, and founder of God Conversations, a ministry that equips you to recognize and respond to God's voice. In today's podcast, we've got a very special guest. Actually, we've got two. This man and his lovely wife have been involved in reaching out to the people of the Middle East for 20 years. Their ministry inspires the church to join the great awakening among Jews and Muslims in the Middle East and in uncharted territories around the world. They serve in places like Egypt, Iran, Iraq, Jordan, Syria, and Palestinian territories of Israel. They lead Middle Eastern tours, and the husband is author of a number of popular books. Welcome to the show, Tom and Joanne Doyle. Great to be with you. So wonderful to be with you, Tanya. Thank you. It's um, exciting to actually talk to you in person because it must have been a few years ago that I read the book Dreams and Visions is God Awakening the Muslim World. And I have to say, I absolutely loved it. It so inspired me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your ministry and what you do because I think it's quite unique. Ah, Well, thank you. Well, uh, gosh, I was a pastor for 20 years and then God called us to go work in the Middle East uh, among Muslims and was very shocked. I was going to be a pastor for life, a super busy family as a lead pastor. And then we had six children in eight years. So, you know, Joanne had a few things on her plate too. <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> so, can, I can see that. So and you came from now, let's just, let's just uh-huh. locate you. You're in Texas. Is that right? That's right. We're in Texas. Yep. And it all started for us going to the Middle East, doing a Bible tour in Israel. And we just fell in love with the people all throughout the Middle East. And in uh, June of 2001, God called us to leave pastoring and go work in all the Middle Eastern countries. So we have a big team out there in Syria, Jordan, Egypt, Israel, all the Middle East countries. And um, yeah, so that's what we do. We get to write books about it to tell what God's doing today, because it's stories that you're not going to hear on the news, that's for sure. Yeah, they're pretty amazing, aren't they? Can you can you give us a little bit of a snapshot? Well, you know, I didn't know anything about people having dreams and visions today. I 
just didn't know if that was still happening. I mean, I see it in the Bible all over, and I probably thought, well, you know, we have God's Word. Isn't that all we need? But, you know, 86% of all Muslims, Tanya, worldwide, don't know one believer. And so the gospel is for all people. And so I think Jesus just went radical and just started waking them up in dreams. And Isaiah 65, 1 talks about, I will reveal myself to those who are not seeking me. And and that was, of course, fulfilled in Israel originally, but I think it's fulfilled in the Muslims today. They were content, they're in their religion, but when they have a big, major Jesus dream that they cannot shake, and they remember the rest of their life, they are on a search for him. And you're, you're right, in the intro you talked about how many are having dreams about Jesus. It's, it's a growing phenomenon. It's a growing phenomenon. In fact, I, just I just talk- find it. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. We just talked to a team that was working in in uh, Jordan, and they met 39 former Muslims from Saudi Arabia that wanted to grow, wanted to learn how to do underground church, and they just happened to ask them, hey, you all didn't know each other. How How many of you had a dream about Jesus before you came to faith? All 39 of them had at least one. Many had multiple. You're kidding. Oh Isn't that something? 39 out of that. That's amazing. That is that's an incredible statistic, isn't it? I'm still digesting what you said about 86% of Muslims have never met a Christian. And I guess we're all, we stay within our communities, don't we? We're in our, our bubbles and in our, the nations that people are in where the Muslims are in the majority. You've got no reason to meet a Christian. Mm-hmm. So how else would you come into contact with the gospel. It's really true. And you know what? I think in the Middle East, initially, the Arabs in the first couple of centuries, many of them became followers of Christ. But Islam comes in centuries later. It was convert or die. But many of these people that are Muslims and have been that way for generations have Christian roots. And I think Jesus is just waking them up. And they are rediscovering that Jesus is someone that they want to get to know. And um, yeah. they're fascinated with him. One, one woman told me this, Tanya. She said, I have never felt so safe with a man in my life when I would have dreams of Jesus. He mm. loved me like a father. It's beautiful. That's one of the things I noticed when I was reading your book, Tom, is that there's this strong theme of love um, throughout there. They feel this deep, deep presence of love and peace in the dream. And I guess, I mean, I know that Muslims uh, already have a belief in Jesus. He's an important figure. Issa, I think, is the Arabic name. Would that be right? Yeah. Um, So they know that he's an important figure but perhaps not familiar with the nature of Jesus and his connection to the Father. They find that um, that bridge, because I think you would have an experience of Jesus and he might say, follow me, but then they then have to go on that journey, um, almost um, seeing Jesus supplanting Muhammad, I guess. That would be a difficult journey, I would imagine. It really is, and I think whether a Muslim is practicing or not, here are some of the beliefs that they have that are traditional. 
They think Christians worship three gods. They think the Bible has mistakes. So that just kind of kind of puts walls up mm-hmm. around them. So if someone just said, hey, I'm a Christian, immediately there's going to be those thoughts. You have a false book. You worship three gods. But here's what happens. When they have a Jesus dream, it is so profound and life-changing, unshakable. Those former thoughts they have are, are just dashed to the ground. They don't think them mm-hmm. again. They're they're truly motivated to just want to know more about this Jesus. Jesus is in their system, their religious system. He's to them a prophet. But once they have a dream, they know he's much more. And I met a man named Mohammed in Jerusalem that told me that he had dreams of Jesus 30 nights in a row where Jesus Mm -hmm. was telling him how much he loved him. He was on a mad search to find a Bible, to read about Jesus. And as he got into the New Testament, he read some of the very words that Jesus had said to him in his dreams. So just powerful, powerful. Yeah. It's it's fascinating to me. Um, You know, I just finished my PhD thesis on hearing the voice of God. And one of the distinctives is that whenever people hear the voice of God, the, the the words the, the the message the vision has intrinsically power and love and God's presence within it so it leaves people transformed and it's not so much an intellectual experience it becomes that but it it's something that impacts people at the heart level and they're not the same anymore and I hear that in some of the stories in um, in some of the testimonies that you share just how much it impacts them personally, and then that becomes the trigger to seek further. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Joanne has an amazing story about a woman when we were doing a women's event, a gathering in a Middle Eastern country, and all of the women there were Muslim, but they had already warmed up to Jesus. They knew that he is something special. They sensed the love. They sensed the power. And you, you've just got to hear this story from from Joanne about this woman that was Muslim but was hoping to see Jesus in a, in a vision. Do tell, Joanne. Oh, yes. Thank you, Tanya. I'm excited to share this story um, to help people to understand how God is moving in the hearts of Muslims. So we were in a Middle Eastern country, and we had a women's gathering with, gosh, over 100 Muslim women there, all of them in their hijabs, um, not one of them a follower of Jesus. But for two and a half days, we told them how much Jesus loved them. And we read scriptures and of how Jesus met with women in the pages of scripture, healing them and telling them that he you know, died for them, all those wonderful stories. So as, you know, each session went on, these women are drawn more and more to who Jesus is, and they're starting to wonder, goodness, I've always been taught, you know, Isa was a prophet. Could he be more? Could he truly be the Son of God like they are saying? And so, you know, we've been talking about, excuse me, how um, Jesus is, re- is appearing to Muslims in their dreams and shared some of those stories. And so during one of the breaks, one of the women came up and said, I want to know more. I, I want to know how I can know Jesus. So we took her into the prayer room, and um, we explained one more time to make sure she truly understood what it would mean to give her life to Jesus, that she couldn't have both Islam and Jesus. She had to make mm. a choice. 
And then, you know, we always ask two questions, Tanya. One is, are you willing to suffer for Jesus? Because now following Jesus, you very easily could suffer. And if they say yes, which this sweet woman did, then we say the second question is, are you willing to die for Jesus? Because that could happen just with the culture Mm -hmm. that you live in. And she said yes. And so then through a translator, we took her through the pages of Scripture. And as we were praying, you know, she gave her life to Christ. And remember, as Tom said beforehand, this woman said, I've heard about people having dreams about Jesus. You've talked about this, but I would love to see Jesus. And personally, I'm thinking I would love to see Jesus myself. But as she was praying, <laughs> I know as, as she was praying um, through the translator, she said, I see Jesus. Do you see Jesus? And we're assuming she's meaning this figuratively, that she's sensing his presence. And we continue to pray. Through tears, she gives her life to Christ. And afterwards, she said, did you all see Jesus? He was shining. He was brilliant and white. Did you see him? And none of us saw him. She gave her life to Jesus and saw him as she was doing that. Can you imagine what a transformation that would make in your life? And then the sweet story continues, you know, as we're talking and telling her how to read her Bible and walk with Jesus and all, all those new discipleship things. She noticed that we had an Arabic Bible there, and she picked that up and said, is this a Bible? Is this what I think it is? And when we told her yes, oh, my goodness, Tanya, she reverently kissed that Bible. And mm-hmm. so we asked her, would, you know, would you like your picture taken with that Bible? And she said, yes. And you know what she did? Before she posed for that photograph, she whipped off that hijab, she tossed it aside, and then she stood there holding that Bible. And then she put it back mm-hmm. on after the photograph. We continued to talk about what it means to know Jesus and how we can hear his voice. And then we asked her, can we have our picture taken with you? And she said, yes. And then again, she whipped off that hijab, she threw it aside, and then she posed with us for a photo. And the reason I like to share that story is, first of all, it's so precious, but secondly, most importantly, you know, in Second Corinthians, the Word of God says, come to me with unveiled faces, for where the mm-hmm. Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And this sweet woman had only been a follower of Jesus for 20 minutes, maybe at that point, but already her heart, she knew that she was accepted by the God who made her without wearing a veil, without doing anything specific. She was already acceptable and seen for who she was. We didn't tell her that. The Spirit of God was there. The Spirit was at work. Yes. Oh, what a magnificent. Isn't that beautiful? Magnificent story, Joanne. We're talking with Tom and Joanne Doyle today. So privileged to have them on the podcast discussing dreams and visions in the Muslim world. We'll be back straight after this. You've been listening to God Conversations with Tanya Harris. Did you know you can subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode? Simply look up God Conversations with Tanya Harris on your favorite podcast app and click subscribe. Then listen to the show from your smartphone, tablet or computer, wherever you happen to be. That's the God Conversations with Tanya Harris podcast. Check it out today. Welcome back to the God Conversations podcast. We're chatting with Tom and Joanne Doyle of Uncharted Ministries. They have an incredible ministry in the Middle East and seeing some miraculous conversions of Muslims through dreams and visions of Jesus. And I have to say, uh, Tom and Joanne, that hearing some of these stories, honestly, just gives me goosebumps. In fact, I remember reading your book and just turning the pages with such excitement. I mean, I think we always knew that God was a missionary God 
who's always reaching out to us by his spirit. But I think what you've told us about in the Middle East really puts the spotlight on God's heart. He's he's responding to those who are seeking him. I, I think of that scripture, seek me and you'll find me if you seek with all your heart. Do you think that's what's happening? Why is it that God is doing this in the Middle East in particular, do you think? Well, you know, I think a couple of things, Tanya. I think this is really one of the last areas to be reached. The Muslim world for centuries was just uncrackable. You know, there just was not much progress with the gospel uh, whatsoever. And then also, I think it's consistent with Jesus' life. Jesus went to those that were often marginalized, the woman at the well, the paraplegic, the you know, the lepers, and you can talk in a church in the West about reaching people, but when you talk about reaching Muslims, people get nervous and scared. They watch too much TV. They've seen Mm -hmm. the bad things, and the Great Commission does not stop with just people that we want to reach. It's for all nations, for all people groups, and I think God is doing these dramatic spectacular miracles in adding jet fuel to the gospel to show the church, just follow me. I'm I'm already paving the way. Uh, We're asking Muslims wherever we meet, hey, have you ever had a dream about Jesus or have you met anyone that has? That's a conversation opener right there, and they won't shrink back from that. Many of them will say, yeah, I've heard about that. That is interesting. And they're all of a sudden you have a chance to get to know them and start to expose them to Jesus. So I think it's consistent with the heart of God, and I think it shows that Jesus is returning. The gospel's going to get to all the nations. These were some of the last ones. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it seems to be happening in a concentrated way in the Middle East, but I think that the nature of God is always that God is reaching out to people. In fact, I remember when I read your book, and it must have been about four or five years ago, I was so inspired by it. I thought, you know what, I'm going to try this out in Australia and see if it works because if the Spirit is speaking to people in the Middle East who are seeking God, then maybe the same is happening here in another country. So um, some, some of our listeners may have heard this story, but I ended up doing a seminar on how to understand your dreams. It was hosted by a church in a town in Queensland that was very spiritual, very much um, lots of New Age people, tarot card readers and psychics, and that was all New Age spirituality was all the go. So they had a network of people that they invited along. And I did this seminar on how to understand your dreams, and I used a lot of God stories. And so uh, my idea was to say, well, perhaps... God would be speaking to you in your dreams. Perhaps um, that's part of your experience. And I remember afterwards a lady comes up to me and she starts to describe this dream she keeps having in her home where there's a room in the center and there's a crystal floor um, in one of the rooms. And in the middle of the floor was a man dressed in white robes and gleaming eyes. And she says to me, I've never felt the presence of such pure love as I did in that dream. Can you tell me who that man is? Mm-hmm. And um, I just thought that was so fascinating because that's exactly the uh, imagery, the scene that you see in many of these stories that you tell, this 
this man who has deep, deep presence and, and eyes that see and this uh, sense of pure love. I mean, this woman was so impacted by that. She said, do you think it's my husband, <laughs> my future husband? <laughs> like, oh, Better doing? than that. <laughs> <laughs> but there does seem to be those common threads, doesn't there, in the dreams that you that you tell well, you know, initially when we first started hearing about dreams, we heard kind of a standard dream where people would see a man in a white robe across a lake and he would say, come to me, and they'd see themselves walking over to Jesus, is, is what we first started hearing first mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Now we hear all different kinds of dreams. And, and again, just for your good listeners to make sure we, they understand we, we know this, Nobody goes to bed a Muslim has a dream about Jesus and wakes up a Christian. It doesn't happen that way, but it starts to break down the barriers, mm-hmm. and they're motivated, mm-hmm. and they sense there's love. And, um, you know, we I went into a gas station in Dallas and in the Middle East, and we started talking, and she was the the – the credit card thing didn't work at the gas pump. So I went in and I was late for something. I was frustrated. Went in, here's this Muslim woman. And I started talking to her. I said, my gosh, we, you're from the Middle East. I can tell. And we spend a lot of our life in the Middle East. Where are you from? And she said, you go to the Middle East a lot. And I said, all, all the time, every year, many times. And she said, well, then you have to guess where I'm from. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. <laughs> um, how about... Um, Egypt. She said, nope, Saudi Arabia. And we started talking, and all of a sudden I thought, I'm going to ask her. And I said, hey, I'm a writer, and I write things uh, about your people, and God's honoring your people. I, I wrote a book about Muslims having dreams. I'd like to to give it to you. And she said, you wrote a book about Muslims having dreams and I about Jesus? And I said, yeah, I did. And she said, hmm, I've been having dreams about Jesus. I want to read that book. <laughs> Tanya, I gave it to her, and do you know, two days later, I went by and needed gas again. I stuck my card in that pump, and it worked perfectly. So it wasn't a malfunction. It was an order from God, go see this woman in there. And I went in. She was reading Dreams and Visions, and she said, this book is my life. I said, what do you mean it's your life? Uh, Did you just start having dreams about Jesus? She said, no, for over 30 years now. I've been having dreams about Jesus, oh. and I've been waiting for someone to tell me what they mean. Oh, my goodness. And oh. I said, didn't you go to a church? Didn't you ask a Christian? Did you? Well, yes, I did. She said, they they almost seemed like they were afraid of me or something because I was Muslim. I, I don't, but I just knew this, and this was the clincher for me. She said, I knew from these dreams that Jesus loved me deeply, and I knew that one day, he was coming for me. I just knew it. And I said, Rawia, I think it's this day. I think it's today. And I shared the verses just through Romans. She was so ready to pray and receive Jesus. And I think, Tanya, how many Rawias are around us? Mm-hmm. And there's churches mm-hmm. and there's ministries. And she was half a mile from a building where there's 50 ministries. And many of them are devoted to reaching Muslims. Yet she didn't know the gospel, didn't know who Jesus was. They're all around us. They're hungry. They're waiting for someone to come and tell them. Isn't that ironic? 
Well, that that would lead on to my other question: What does this mean for the church? What do you, What do you think it means for us? Maybe when we say the church, I'm talking about what does this mean for me? What does this mean for the average person who encounters a Muslim? What does that mean? What should we be doing? Mm. Yeah, I think the church in many ways has shied back from reaching out to Muslims. Look at the way they dress. Look at what they do. They're not interested. It is not strange or weird to talk to Muslim people about their faith and to just say, hey, you're a person of faith, and I am too. And uh, have, have you ever had a dream about Jesus? You know, can I think about my life? It's very simple to meet Muslims, to get involved with them, to build a friendship. They're very, very open to that. And so Jesus is paving the way. All we have to do is follow him. Muslims are waiting for us to come and tell them. And I know in the news we see terrorism, we see the dark side, and we're here to tell you that side is there. We've seen it. We've spent a lot of time in the Middle East. We see the the areas where there's terrorism and that. The majority of Muslims worldwide don't even practice their religion. They were born into it. They would love mm. a living mm. relationship with Jesus. They just need someone that will love them, honor them, not debate them, get in an argument, but just lift up Jesus. That's good advice, Tom. And I think that um, myself and our listeners will be encouraged by this conversation, particularly to know that the Spirit goes before us. The Spirit is already at work drawing people to himself and we get to partner with God in that. Well, what can I say, but thank you so much for being on our, our podcast, Tom and Joanne. You guys are just doing an incredible role in reaching people and we want to thank you for your incredible leadership and witness and wisdom and um, if someone's listening and they want to know more, how do they find you? Yes, they can thank you so much. It's been an honor. Thank to you, be Tanya. Yes. We hope to do it again. Let's do a live one from the Middle East sometime. How's that sound? Oh, that sounds great. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll meet you so, there. <laughs> yes, I'll meet us there. Okay, all you have to do is go to unchartedministries.com. So it's U-N-C-H-A-R-T-E-D ministries.com we have some amazing videos I found the truth of former Muslims that came to faith in Jesus and they tell their stories you'll love them and so yeah, yeah come I, visit us I spent some time involved. on the website looking at those as well and you've also got a whole range of books as well I know that many of them are available on where, uh websites like Amazon and Christian bookstores around the world as well. So uh, particularly the one on dreams and visions is Jesus Awakening the Muslim World. I would recommend particularly. So get a hold of that. Be inspired and learn what God is doing. Thanks again, guys. It's been great to have you on. A joy for us. Thank you so much. Great to have you on the show today. Don't miss the next episode by subscribing on iTunes. Search for God Conversations with Tanya Harris and click subscribe. While you're there, leave us a review so others can learn to hear God's voice too. 